Hey NAI football fans, Corey Thorpe here with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by AdCraft USA, your custom apparel, merch, and uniform experts. Our friends at AdCraft have been with us for many years now. They've run web stores for us multiple times. These guys are NAI fans and family who are experts in the apparel and merchandise world. AdCraft allows you to take the hassle out of ordering. Let their knowledgeable design and customer service staff handle everything from hosting the store online, shipping the product, and helping your customers so you can get back to the game. Find them online at adcraftusa.com. All right, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe back with another edition of the NAI F-Ball podcast powered by Temple Sports and AdCraft, custom apparel and merch, your merch and apparel expert since 1974. Tonight, we have for you, Coach Phil Kleckler, head coach of the Lindsey Wilson Blue Raiders. Coach, how you doing tonight? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. Wouldn't miss it. Well, Coach, it's another successful season for Lindsey Wilson. You know, obviously, you don't get all the way to the national title game, and, and, and I know it's that that's kind of the it's kind of the standard now for for Lindsay is to is to get far in the playoffs and to have a uh, a shot at winning the title. But it's still a good season. Um, one of the things I'm I'm curious about. I mean, you'd been around the the Lindsay program a while before taking over as head man. But really, what surprised you the most about stepping into the head coach role? Um, probably just the, the, uh, just everything with, within the program is going to come across your, your desk. And, you know, when I was uh, the assistant head coach and the defensive coordinator, it was, um, you know, most, mostly the defensive things and, and recruiting and what you're kind of responsible for and the defensive coaches you work with and position coaches. But, you know, in terms of, um, you know, different things from across campus or different events or anything else like that. It was always coming kind of funneled through the head coach if he needs you to take care of something where, you know, now you're the first point of contact. So um, that was probably the the biggest change of, um, you know, just just learning that process a little bit. Coach, last year you, um, you know, you, you play a couple quarterbacks kind of throughout the year, whether it be Ethan Cash or Will McDonald. Talk to me about trying to find the right guy at quarterback kind of on the fly during the season. Yeah, it was, um, you know, we were fortunate enough to, to have, you know, an all-time great quarterback at, at in the NAI level and probably in, in our school's history. Um, and, you know, he's actually, there's actually going to be some big news coming out about Cameron Dukes later this week when, when it's official. All um, right. But, uh, yeah, it's always uh, difficult to, you know, find when, when any team loses a starting quarterback, there's always going to be, you know, you don't want to say the word growing pains, but there's a learning process for any player when they step into a starting role, um, whether it's a, a linebacker or a defensive lineman, offensive lineman. You know, it just so happens that, you know, everybody's aware of who the quarterback is on the field um, and they can look at that position and say, well, yeah, he's he's not quite, uh, what the last guy was or anything like that. But Cameron Dukes went through that process in 2018 and he followed up a pretty good quarterback and, um, grew tremendously in the 2019 season, the 2020 season, 2021, and then, and then on. So, 
um, you know, it was a little bit of a feeling out process for us this year. And, and, uh, like you said, we had, um, two guys that have been in our program for a long time and, um, you know, had gotten some game experience the year prior. And, um, we made a decision coming out of training camp that we thought was best for our team. And then, um, you know, made a decision in the bye week, uh, to, to make a change and kind of go with, uh, who we felt was best for our team at that time as well. Um, and so, you know, both those guys are still on our roster and, and, uh, we're looking forward to having a great spring practice with them. And again, it's an evaluation process and, um, you know, we'll, we'll decide who our, who we think our quarterback's going to be, uh, here to start the 2023 season. I imagine it's, it's hard, especially with quarterback in, in this day and age to, you, you, you Everyone wants a quarterback battle because competition obviously is is good for your program. It doesn't matter if it's quarterback or long snapper, um, but quarterback is such a high um, high profile position that it, it seems in a lot of these places where we're seeing quarterback battles that the guy the guy who loses is just taken on down the road, and 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 I just don't see that as being good long term for for programs to constantly be trying to to filter through backups yeah i mean it's uh you know just that it really depends on um the situations within those programs and maybe even so you know you might have a um a, a player that maybe is in their last year of eligibility and then uh, a younger player rises up to the same thing so i think it's so like you said, as coaches, we want to um, give every player on our roster an opportunity to show us what they can do. And it's more than just um, what they do on the practice field. It's what they do in the classroom. It's how they act socially, all those different things. And and um, that's what's great about college football is you, you have a, a long period of time um, to evaluate and earn trust with players. And that goes with players from the same point from coaches as well. Um, but then you need to make the decisions on those 10 guaranteed Saturdays uh, that you have in the fall to put the best players on the field that give you a chance to win. Well, Coach, looking at your your uh, schedule from last year, of course, like I said, it was it was a great season for Lindsay, a one-loss season. You, you only trip up the once to uh, Bethel of Tennessee there um, at home. You know, obviously, the Mid-South, even – as, as it's basically pared down to its Kentucky uh, portion, the bluegrass, to use an older term, it's still a great conference to, to be in. You still get these great matchups uh, with, with all of these teams. Um, I, I, you know, I don't know that, that many people will be, be sad uh, to see Thomas Moore go just from a competitive perspective standpoint there you know always being a little bit of a of a pain uh in in the behinds of some of uh, some of these schools but uh talk to me about you know the development there of the mid-south yeah it's a true um you know it's one of the best conferences in the country and i know uh, a lot of conferences say that but it's when you look at uh the tradition that our programs have and the number of teams that have made the national playoffs over the year years um you know it is truly a uh a, a one one team or one game playoff every single week you know it's survive in advance type thing um and you know we're gonna have two or three teams every year that are 
um, in the national playoff talks, and um, that's not going to change moving forward. And, um, you know, following up on your your Thomas Moore leaving, I, I mean, I would love for them to stay because um, now we're at a point where we got to find games, all those different types of things. And I found uh, over the winter and spring here that that's a difficult thing to do. Um, you know, not trying to sound arrogant about our program, but not that many people want to, you know, willingly sign up to play us. Um, and that's just, I think Georgetown's probably having the same problem. Bethel's having the same problem. Um, you know, and again, that's just um, how it works now with the number of teams we have um, in our conference. So um, hopefully we can uh, continue to grow and make our conference uh, strong. And I know that we're actively looking for schools here in the future to, to do that with. That's that's a fair point. I mean, you know, no one wants to to willingly subject themselves. You know, if, if you're like uh, if you're like in the thirty to thirty six range of of top teams in in the NAI, and you know that if you get a a loss against even a a, a great team that's going to be a top ten team or better, you know that loss is still going to sink you. If if you do end up losing, and it may not help you as much as you you would hope if you if you won, so I totally, I I totally get that. Um, you know, and, and going into that, just uh, talk with me for a minute about that that um, scheduling alliance with the Appalachian Athletic. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense from from a footprint standpoint. We're all we're you know, near schools. I mean, we're, we're two hours from union, um, you know, Pikeville now joining the Appalachian, we're three hours away again. So it's, it's easy to, uh, you know, from a geographical standpoint, play some of those schools. And um, I think it makes sense for both conferences to do that based on our, the numbers of each conference to have kind of have that agreement, but um, you know, it leaves, it leaves both of us, both conferences looking for that um, game or two. Um, and, you know, I think it's it is good for for the NEI to um, have non-conference games and kind of judge strength of schedules and all those things. Um, but you know, there's just the the margin for error for the for the national playoffs is so thin. And um, you, you know, you're going to play good teams eventually, and and you're going to play good teams on your regular conference schedule as well. Um, so it's uh, you know something that by adding a school or two, we kind of um, help ourselves with scheduling. And it, again, it, you know, the regional rankings, all those different types of things, who would have thought that, um, you know, three or four years ago, the Sun Conference now is going to have two national Raiders and the Mid-South Conference is only going to have one. I mean, that's just, you know, so it's, it's funny how things can change um, like that for based on the numbers and how the rules are written. Let me give you a magic wand real quick. And, and with this magic wand, you can take and create a football program at at any of let's say the the mid-south teams who don't play football i don't know if there are any off the top of my head southern states uh appalachian athletic uh sun conference any of those teams in the southeast that don't currently play football who are you who are you really hoping picks up a program I don't know if I know enough about any of those schools. I know there's a there's a, a slew of schools in in the South here that you know obviously the high school football in Georgia and Alabama and the Florida Panhandle 
um, the Carolinas, I mean, it is, is excellent. Um, and that, you know, I'm a, I'm a Midwest guy. I come from, from Illinois and, um, you know, Indiana and Ohio, you know, all the Wisconsin, they all have good football too. Um, but it's just, uh, it became apparent to me when I started at Lindsay in the recruiting process, um, just how important, um, athletics were to, to some schools because of, the opportunity that it gives to um, students to go to college and get their degree, and they might not be afforded to do that without athletics. Um, and so, uh, you know, that's what kind of made what, why I enjoy my time here at Lindsay and going through that process and the recruiting and talking with families. Um, so um, I'm, I'm an advocate for any of those small schools that are thinking about it. You absolutely should do it, um, commit to it. Uh, you know, it bring, brings a lot of diversity to your campus. Uh, brings a lot of um, fun game day atmospheres on Saturday and, um, you know, brings a, a lot of fans, um, a lot of people into your communities um, in terms of, you know, hotel rooms and e eating meals and, and uh, restaurants, all those different types of things. I think Columbia's benefited a lot from from uh, Lindsey Wilson at football. Um, and, you know, we've we've grown our town has grown a ton since I even came here since 2017. Personally, I think uh, the one that I would most want to, to see would be uh, University of Mobile down in Mobile, Alabama. I think that'd be a great fit for either the Sun or the Appalachian Athletic. Um, let's get back to your schedule real quick. And, and one thing I note going up and down and, and, and looking at it is while you do have some blowouts on here, absolutely, there's also some closer games, whether they be 8-9, uh, point wins uh, against Campbellsville or Thomas Moore. You also have some some close ones, whether it be the loss to Bethel, the win against Georgetown. How did winning close really prepare you to uh, when it got down to crunch time, especially against a team like Reinhardt in the first round of the playoffs? Yeah, I think it was just, um, you know, we uh, had a, a tremendous uh, defense on our football team this year. And um, we, we dominated, um, in kind of a different way in terms of previous years. Uh, we kind of lived on force and turnovers and given our offense short fields and all those things. And, um, you know, we faced a lot of conservative, um, offenses in terms of people saying, Hey, don't give those, don't give the defense that opportunity. Um, and they kind of tried to grind games out and keep things close. And we didn't have the turnovers and things that we, want to do um, on defense, but we found ways to stop people different ways, whether, you know, those by not letting them run the football and um, playing solid defense and kind of bend, but don't break in some standpoint. So um, it, it kind of, uh, we just molded our mentality and, and adapted. It's what you have to do with your personnel. And I think it shows how strong our program is that we can win a game in a variety of ways. And that's a good, um, good method to do things from a football standpoint. And ultimately, you, you don't beat yourself. Um, and, you know, we didn't turn the ball over. Uh, we, we didn't give teams short field and special teams play. And, um, you know, a lot of those games where they look close on paper, maybe they really weren't when you look at the stats. Um, and, and, you know, it never felt like the game was in doubt in some instances. Um, so, but it, I was proud of our football team. We showed a lot of grit. And, um, you know, it was a, a year of transition. And, and we're a lot of us were doing – a lot of new things and and kind of going going on the fly as we as we attack the season. 
Looking at your team coming up in 2023, obviously we've already talked about the quarterback position. You're also returning a pair of wide receivers in Manny Scott and and Logan Collier. And uh, Collier was good for a kick return touchdown, so I know he's got a little bit of of shiftiness and speed to him. Uh, Got to to get that. Um, But you do lose a couple of first-team all-conference offensive linemen in Eli Cross and Joe Grissett. Talk to me about continuing to... Uh, get better on offense and and turning kind of uh, kind of the changing of the guard there on offense a little bit. Yeah, I think you um, you know hit the nail on the head when you talked about um, kind of the offensive linemen. Some of the there was a couple other guys that you didn't mention that that graduated that were kind of name stays on our offense. So I think um, you, you know our offensive line will have some new faces, but we've got some young guys that have been waiting in the wings that are that are ready to go. And, um, you know, we're excited about their development here this spring. And, um, you know, and then our running back position, uh, will change a little bit too. Um, and so, uh, you know, it's, it's, um, what I hope we can do is, is, um, you know, kind of do it by committee and not have, uh, you know, you want to have star players and all that, but again, it's, it's a team game and it's on offense. It's about taking care of the football and blocking for each other and, and playing hard every single play and, and not worrying about, uh, who gets the play call. You know, it's about scoring touchdowns and putting points up on the board, um, and playing good football. And I think the group we got here this spring is um, excited for that opportunity and, um, we're excited for the future. That's, that's one of the things that growing up, um, in, in a household that where, where my dad was an Alabama fan that I actually heard that kind of idea a, a lot, you know, cause Alabama is a very old team, but, um, Sitting here going, where you you haven't you don't have all these Heisman Trophy winners like you know Army and Navy and Notre Dame do from back in the day. And went no 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 that's not how we play. We have we have this is a team game, son. Um, and so I, I absolutely understand uh, that from the Bear Bryant Alabama perspective there and and doing it that way. Um, defensively, you've got a good bit back whether you've. Uh, got a Theron Orr, Brandon Fields along your defensive line, Darius Hylick at linebacker, DJ Holden in your defensive backfield. But again, you're you're replacing some some mainstays, whether it be Mike Leslie, Luke Bowman, who uh, you know s- uh, several coaches looked looked at me in the eye with a little bit of fear when they talked about Luke Bowman um, or Kashawn Beasley in in your defensive backfield. Um, Talk to me uh, about your defense and and making sure you've got that next man up mentality. Yeah, I think um, you know I, o- over the years what's made us special defensively. It's been it has been by committee, and we've had a lot of talented players. Um, everybody knew who Luke Bowman was, not be, you know not because they looked at the stat line and said, oh, he's he's leading the team in tackles. As they turned the film on and they saw how hard he played and um, the amount of plays he he made. So. Um, but, you know, we have a, a, a group that's ready to go. And, and, you know, we have some guys that a guy like Peyton Doles, who missed last season from an injury from the 2021 season, that's going to be back another all conference caliber linebacker. Um, and we have some defensive linemen, um, you know, that was an extremely deep group last year uh, that, that are back as well that you didn't mention. So, um, you know, we we're going to have the um, the firepower to to go make a run at and be a very good defense again. Um, it's just a matter of our guys putting, putting the hard hats on and going to work and doing what we do. And 
I'm confident that that, that group's going to do that. Well, Coach, we, we know that if if we're not improving, whether it be in, in our jobs and for, for the kids on the football team and, and their, and their, and their weights and their performance on and off the field, if you're not improving there, life's going to be pulling you backwards. Uh, it's, it is a bit of a treadmill. You're always going backwards if you're not improving. So what area of your program are y'all focusing on most, either on or off the field, and improving in 2023? I think that's a really good question. Um, you know, I think we, we've developed some standards here in our program over the year. And, um, you know, again, it's it's a mantra that we go by, the 1-0 mantra. And that's, you know, when you look at it from the outside looking in, it's like, well, it means winning games on Saturday. And that is what it, what it means from the beginning of it. But going 1-0 is about being the best you can be, whatever you're doing in that given moment. So whether you're sitting in that 8 a.m. class and you're not really all that excited about being there, but again, it's it's sitting in those first couple rows and uh, putting your hood down and not having earphones in and all those different types of things and trying to um, make the mess, make be the best you can in that given moment. Um, and if you do that 355 days a year, then those 10 guaranteed Saturdays um, will take care of themselves. Um, and so, you know, we have that mantra in our program and our guys believe in it and they eat, sleep and, and, and do it. And, um, you know, that's not going to change with, with the group we have now. And, um, you, you know, we've learned here that, uh, we're, we're not sneaking up on anybody anymore and, you know, we get everybody's best shot. And again, I'm not trying to sound arrogant. It's just the nature of our program and the expectations and the standards we have set. And, um, you know, it's uh, playing in our conference. It's uh, everybody knows about everybody and it's you got to buckle it up and go. And, um, you know, we're we're excited for 2023 and continuing to uh, be the best football team we can be, the best program we can be. I think Dizzy Dean sums it up best on on, you know, where where you're trying, you're 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 not sounding arrogant, but I think Dizzy Dean sound uh, summed it up best. It ain't bragging if you can do it. Um, you know, so, all right, coach. Well, again, thanks for coming on tonight to the NAIF ball podcast. You know, spring is kicking off, um, different times for different places, but, uh, we're getting close to getting it in everywhere and, uh, it's good to have some football, be able to think about it and, and, and ponder it for a minute before. The summer gets here, but you know, before you know it, it's going to be fall, and we're going to be right back to, back to thumping and and uh, seeing who's going to hoist that red banner. Yeah, it's um, you know the the winter months are, you know, once you get through the holidays and then you get back get back and start your semester, it's about, um, you know, the weight room and and the mat drills and getting back in shape and, you know, some guys it's just. Uh, you know, they get done playing their season and they're beat up and they need to take some time off. You, you, you preach about working out a little bit, but a lot of them, um, kind of will, but they maybe aren't going to push it as hard as what they need to. And that's, it's okay. Um, you know, again, you're, you're nine months from your season and you got to give your body some time for some active rest and, you know, it's okay. And, in, in winter break, just to go play basketball at the YMCA and the pickup games rather than go, go pump those weights. Um, and that, you know, there, there's healthy things with all of that. But then once you get going, it's, it's, uh, 
you know, doing those things as a team and it's fun to, um, you know, kind of create your identity for that season and your story. Um, and we've been doing that and we got done with our workouts and, and, uh, we're on spring break this week and then we're, we're going to be getting after it, um, when we get back. So, um, really exciting time and it's, um, it's even fun now just with, with the XFL going on and, and the spring football there, you know, kind of keeps that, keep those juices going and you, you create some ideas, you see some stuff, you're like, oh, that's, that's pretty good. We could maybe do that. Um, so, um, you know, I think football year round is, is probably here to stay. And, um, you know, I'm excited that our level um, embraces the spring practices and the development because it really is um, about, you know, individual development and then the team development as you as you move into the 2023 season absolutely and oh man y'all still do mat drills i love that that's that's so that's old school right there i I love it and, you know growing up you know in the florida panhandle growing up a florida state fan i i uh i have heard players talk about mat drills from florida state and that it just it sends shivers down their spine every time they think about it it it's it's like a little ptsd i, I I know y'all's probably isn't that crazy, but I, I love the old school mat drill. Yeah, it's just uh, it's part of football. It's the DNA of football. Um, you can you can change playing rules and all that type of stuff, but I don't think they're ever going to be able to take that type of uh, atmosphere and and team building away from a from a football program anymore. At least I hope not. So not even. Um, yeah, we're we're we're. I think a lot, a lot of programs are still doing it. Absolutely. Well, Coach, we do look forward to seeing the Mid South this uh, fall. It's going to be a, just a, it, it's going to be great. I mean, we've we've got obviously three, three front runners, and then you never know what Cumberland's is going to do. Bring in, uh, you know, second year head coach just like your yourself, and there's just a ton of teams that are looking to get into that front runner spot. So we're looking forward to it. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, uh, you know, there's, um, I think every chance, every team has a chance, um, to, to make a run at it. And, um, you know, even with, with the chain, the coaching change at Campbellsville will probably, um, and jolt some energy into that program as well. Um, and so, um, you know, I think everybody's got a great chance to, to win our league. Um, and that's what you want. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the NAIF ball podcast presented by Adcraft USA. Be sure to contact them for all your custom apparel, merch, and uniform needs. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to the podcast as well as to our YouTube channel. Leave us a review if you're listening on Apple Podcasts. As always, if you'd like to support what we do, head over to patreon.com slash n-a-i-a-f-b-a-l-l and become a patron. We can't do what we do without our sponsors and listeners like you.